Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, there are several developing stories as we come on the air. The FDA is set to greenlight boosters for all adults and a big concession from the man who shot and killed Ahmaud Arbery. One of the three men accused of murdering the 25-year-old jogger admits Arbery didn't threaten him. Didn't pull out any guns. No, ma'am. Didn't pull out any knife. The closing argument set for Monday. COVID cases and hospitalizations spike. We're in the Midwest where infections are soaring. This as the FDA could authorize both Pfizer and Moderna booster shots for all American adults. Saved from death row. Tonight, why the Republican governor from Oklahoma stopped the execution of Julius Jones after lobbying from Kim Kardashian and other celebrities. Eye on America. Amid a shortage of truck drivers, why the industry loves female drivers. And we find out what it takes to get behind the wheel. Expensive Thanksgiving feast. The new numbers just out tonight about how much more your turkey, pumpkin pie, and sweet potatoes will cost. Closing 900 stores. Why CVS says 10% of its locations will shut their doors. And how this Maryland teacher beat out 8,000 applicants to win a million-dollar prize. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, and thank you so much for joining us. We're going to begin with big developments in the Ahmaud Arbery murder trial, which has garnered national attention and today brought civil rights leaders to the state of Georgia. The defense rested its case, setting the stage for closing arguments on Monday. Today, Travis McMichael, the man who shot Arbery to death, admitted under cross-examination that the 25-year-old black man never pulled out a weapon or threatened him in any way before McMichael 
pointed his shotgun at him. McMichael and two other white men charged with murdering Arbery have claimed self-defense, saying they suspected him of burglaries and chased him down in an attempt to make a citizen's arrest. Well, the men have offered no evidence of Arbery committing any crime. And today, McMichael said Arbery appeared suspicious when they pulled up on him in their pickup, but admitted under questioning that all Arbery did was run. CBS's Omar Villafranca is going to lead us off tonight from the courthouse in Brunswick, Georgia. Good evening, Omar. Good evening. Travis McMichael is the only one of the three defendants to testify. And today, during cross-examination, the prosecution tried to poke holes in his version of the story, saying what he told the jury is not what he told police. Travis McMichael was back on the stand for a second day of cross-examination. Prosecutor Linda Dunikowski focused on how McMichael perceived Arbery as he followed and confronted the 25-year-old multiple times. He hasn't pulled out a gun. That's correct. He hasn't said one word to you. He has not. He's not threatened you in any way, verbally or physically. No, ma'am. Dunikowski also questioned McMichael's version of the chase through the neighborhood that led to the fatal confrontation getting McMichael to admit that he could have stopped following Arbery after he ran away from the pickup truck, but did not. And all he had done so far is run away from you, right? He has ran past me and uh, ran away, and, I've, and I let him run away, yes. The prosecutor also pressed McMichael on inconsistencies in his statement to police and his testimony to the jury. So what were you nervous about while giving the statement? I just killed a man. I had blood on me still. I was the most traumatic event of my life. You were nervous because you thought you were going to jail, right? No. You're telling this jury that you're all confused and you can't get the facts straight. Under the circumstances of, of going through a traumatic event, this is what you got. I, I tried and this is what happened. Outside of the courthouse. Brunswick is our generation Selma. That the civil rights era is now starting over today. Hundreds of pastors joined activists and members of the Arbery family. The rally prompted by this statement made last week in court by defense attorney Kevin Goff. We don't want any more black pastors coming in here. No matter what he said, we gonna pray anyway. No. Arbery's mother gave a brief statement to the media and said she is emotionally exhausted from this trial. Closing arguments are set to begin Monday morning. Nora. Omar Villafranca, thank you. All right, now to another trial. Three days of deliberations and still no verdict in the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. The teenager could get up to life in prison for shooting three men, killing two at a protest in 2020. National Guard troops are standing by outside Kenosha, Wisconsin, in case the verdict sparks violence. All right, today, with just hours to spare, the governor of Oklahoma called off the execution of Julius Jones. Jones has been on death row, proclaiming his innocence for nearly 20 years. And as CBS's Medea Vidal reports, his pursuit of freedom is far from over. The mercy Julius Jones and his supporters have been praying for came just four hours before he was set to die. In a statement, Governor Kevin Stitt said he was sparing Jones's life, but ordered that he shall never again be eligible to apply for, be considered for, or receive any additional commutation, pardon, or parole. <laughs> At the state capitol, where supporters have rallied the governor for weeks to commute Jones's sentence, the reaction was swift and jubilant. 
I just want to hit my knees and, and cry out to God. Jones has maintained his innocence in the 1999 murder of businessman Paul Howell during a carjacking. Jones was 19 at the time of his arrest. Now 41, he got the opportunity to plead his case one more time to the state's pardon and parole board earlier this month. I am not the person responsible for taking Mr. Howell's life. Ultimately, the board recommended his sentence be commuted to life in prison with the possibility of parole. It is inhumane that my brother is on death row. Antoinette Jones visited her brother in prison Wednesday for what would have been the last time. My brother is not a person that would take a life. He would protect it. But Rachel Howell believes the execution would have meant justice for her father. He was an innocent man taking his kids to get ice cream, my aunt, and he was murdered in front of me and my sister and my aunt all for a car. And he never got a say in this. Jones's attorney says this isn't everything they wanted, but they are grateful the governor prevented an irreparable mistake. On the other side of it, the Howell family tells me this decision gives them comfort because they believe it reaffirms Jones's guilt. Nora. All right, Maria Vidal, thank you. Well, we want to turn now to the COVID pandemic. Public health officials are concerned tonight about a 35% spike nationwide in new cases in recent weeks, with hospitalizations also on the rise. The upper Midwest is seeing the largest surges. So we get more on this from Liz Collin of our CBS Minneapolis station, WCCO. It's unprecedented. Um, I have never seen so many people on a ventilator at one time. Dr. Joshua Hilster is a critical care physician at Abbott Northwestern Hospital in Minneapolis. His ICU is full. The hospital system has nearly 330 COVID patients. Most of the 66 ICU COVID patients are on ventilators. What's behind this rise? Without a doubt, it's the lack of, of vaccination. The vast majority of patients that we see in the ICU are not vaccinated. COVID cases in Minnesota are up nearly 50% in the last week compared to the week before. Hospital admissions increased 24%, with the largest increase among those 30 to 49. Susan Rutten spent a week in a rural Minnesota hospital. She is unvaccinated. I feel bad taking up a bed if somebody needs it worse than I do. She's now home and plans to be vaccinated. Tonight, as cases rise nationwide, CBS News has learned the FDA is considering authorizing boosters for all adults for both Pfizer and Moderna as soon as today. But 31% of the country is still unvaccinated. What will happen? if people remain resistant to be vaccinated. The message has to be loud and clear. You can't run out the game clock on this one. This virus will find you. How you doing? Back in the ICU, Dr. Hilster worries about the toll more COVID cases will take, not only on patients, but on the staff that care for them. I'm not angry at people who don't get vaccinated. Some of my colleagues get very angry about it. I'm not angry about it, I'm disappointed. There are enough beds at this hospital to care for more people, but not enough staff. And it could get worse. Dr. Anthony Fauci says there's been an uptick in the number of hospitalizations among people who are vaccinated and have yet to be boosted. And this hospital already has longer ER wait times. Nora? A reminder to get that booster if eligible. All right, Liz Collin, thank you. Well, there's outrage tonight after a former student at a private school who confessed to raping or attempting to sexually abuse four teenage girls as part of a plea deal wasn't given any prison time. The lawyer representing one of the girls says his client was so sickened by the injustice, she actually threw up at the courthouse after the sentencing. CBS's Mola Lange has an emotional interview with one of the victims. 
Christopher Belter, standing before a judge, facing eight years in prison for sex crimes, including rape against four teenage girls inside his family's upstate New York mansion. You fully expected him to go to jail. I did, yes. This woman, who asked to be referred to as M.M., was one of Belter's victims who testified at the trial. She was inside the courtroom when Judge Matthew Murphy pronounced that incarceration isn't appropriate. I actually prayed over what is the appropriate sentence in this case. The sentence for rape? Eight years probation. I completely broke down. It was as if I was being victimized all over again. You couldn't believe it? No. I was sick to my stomach, shaking with anger and disgust. M.M. was just 16 at the time, a high school student, as were the other victims. Belter was 16 when the assaults began. His attorneys told the court he is tremendously remorseful for what he's done. I don't believe it for one second. I will have to live with this for the rest of my life, knowing that he's walking the streets and that another girl can be a victim of his any day now. It's terrifying. Her attorney was blunt. If this individual was not a rich white kid from a privileged background, he would be in prison right now. M.M. told me she has no regrets about speaking out and taking the witness stand. I don't think we'll find that closure until we know that he's locked up. And the judge failed us there. He is putting us through hell. Well, Belter's mother also faces charges, including endangering the welfare of a child for allegedly providing alcohol to minors at those parties in her home in western New York. Nora. Mololengi, thank you. And we want to turn now to the deepening mystery of a Chinese tennis star who hasn't been seen since publicly accusing a top Chinese official of sexual assault. Well, tonight there's an alarming new twist, just as tennis champion Serena Williams is joining the calls for an investigation. Williams said today she hopes Pung is safe and found as soon as possible. CBS's Ramian Asensio reports from Hong Kong. All mention of Chinese tennis star Peng Shuai has been scrubbed from the country's internet. The former number one ranked doubles champ had publicly accused former vice premier Zhang Gaoli, a close ally of President Xi Jinping, of sexual assault. Her four-paragraph post on November 2nd said several years ago she refused him, ate dinner with him and his wife, but eventually gave in. Now, an email has appeared, allegedly from Peng, retracting everything. The author writes, the allegation of sexual assault is not true. I'm not missing, nor am I unsafe. Steve Simon, head of the Women's Tennis Association, to whom the note was sent, doubts it's real. He wrote, I have a hard time believing that Peng Shui actually wrote the email we received. I have repeatedly tried to reach her to no avail. Chinese state broadcaster CGTN publicized that letter. What is so concerning about going through the likes of CGTN or other state media? State media in China serves, in the words of President Xi Jinping, to serve the Communist Party. And so they are not really a media outlet like that we might know in the United States or the West. As for Peng Shui, the spotlight is on from her peers. American tennis champ Billie Jean King tweeting, hoping Peng Shui is found safe with Japanese tennis star Naomi Osaka simply writing, where is Peng Shui? Ramian Asensio, CBS News, Hong Kong. 
All right, we're going to turn now to a nationwide shortage of truck drivers. There are a number of reasons, including a federal law that doesn't allow drivers under the age of 21 to cross state lines. But part of the bipartisan infrastructure law now opens the door to drivers aged 18 to 20, all in hopes of getting more Americans behind the wheel. So tonight in our Eye on America, we learn about another group of drivers that could be part of the answer to that truck driver shortage. What's the most dangerous part about driving a big truck like this? Driving in major cities. William Augustono is an instructor at the Community College of Baltimore County. One hand up here. One of 140 publicly funded schools in the country training drivers. Turn ignition. I would put your seatbelt on. Why are these people standing there? It's not a good idea. It's a 280-hour program with a mix of learning in the classroom, so today we have rules of the road. And behind the wheel. Okay. Oh my lord. Okay. It's a big vehicle. One of the hardest parts for me, the double clutch. Okay, how do I brake? So you're gonna step on the clutch first to the floor. Uh-huh. And you're gonna just brake like normal. <laughs> you must slow down and proceed with caution. The classes now have a wait list to get in, and Stacy Igo runs the program. How many people did you think would sign up? About 150 students. And how many did sign up? We have 315. More than double. More than double. The country needs one million new drivers over the next decade because of drivers retiring, spending a lot of time away from home, and the pandemic. If you can't see really well, it's better just to wait. But it's the higher pay that got Letitia Gardner, a mother of four who lost her job, behind the wheel. What are some of the most exciting opportunities about becoming a truck driver? Um, there's so many jobs out here. That's one thing that we won't have to worry about when we're finished. We can easily jump right into a job. Jumping into those jobs, a record number of women. The trucking industry say that they're more conscientious of getting their loads on time to deliver, that they take care of the equipment better, they, did their, they get their paperwork in time. Wait a minute, you're telling me that the industry says they like female drivers. They do like female drivers. 95% of these students train for free, thanks to grants. You can change your life and start making $27, $28 an hour, and you get to see all the United States, and you get to make money while you're doing it. I'm just ready to work. <laughs> That's exactly why Gardner hopes to hit the road. How's the pay compared to other jobs you've had? Almost every job I've worked was like minimum wage or pretty close to minimum wage. Money's a lot better. A lot better. I wouldn't be struggling, you know. And do you feel like you're struggling? Definitely. I'm praying that um, I can have a job by Christmas. <laughs> and we are praying for her, too. I should note that um, no one was injured in the filming of that story, okay? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings at hundreds of stores, including Doc Martens, Ninja Kitchen, and Hotels.com. Prep for summer and save big on beauty, travel, electronics, and more. It's one of Rakuten's biggest cashback events, and it's on May 6th through May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it.
We've been reporting on the high cost of Thanksgiving feast this year, and today the American Farm Bureau Federation put a price tag on it. The average price for the traditional holiday dinner is up 14% from last year. Among the increases, turkey up 24%, pumpkin pie mix up 7%, sweet potatoes, which are my favorite, up 4%. All right, CVS, the nation's largest pharmacy chain, is now planning to close as many as 900 stores over the next three years. That's about one-tenth of its locations. Now, CVS says it's because of population shifts and changes in customer habits. The company says it's going to add more health services, including mental health, at its remaining stores. Tonight, we have the story of an extraordinary teacher who takes top honors. Her lesson plans are based on her own experience to succeed, and she expects the same from her students. We get more now from CBS's Jan Crawford. Go through your binder, take out a sheet of paper. Growing up poor in Jamaica, Kashia Thorpe never thought she would graduate college. Exactly. Let alone become a visionary high school English teacher and win a million-dollar prize. Kashia Thorpe from the United States of America. <laughs> Working with immigrant and refugee students, the Maryland educator and track coach just won the Global Teacher Prize, beating out 8,000 others from 121 countries. Because I am an immigrant and because I understand their story, I do not ever lower my expectations for my students. I let them rise to my expectations. And they do. And they do. And through her foundation, the former track star at Howard University has helped hundreds of students get college scholarships or mentoring, like senior Isa Bag. I know she's always going to be here for me, and I will make her proud. Teaching just is not something that happens in the classroom. Be their coaches, be their mentor, um, be, be that safe space for them. Thorpe says she'll use her winnings to help even more students. This award in many ways is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Inspiring others to dream big too. Jan Crawford, CBS News, Bladensburg, Maryland. Very well deserved. Tomorrow on the road with lessons from a nine-year-old boy's wedding speech. And at 12.30 Eastern tomorrow, be sure to join Steve Hartman on the CBS Evening News Facebook page for more. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.